If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zeph and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Zeph and Moses Blacksburg with the Year of Purpose podcast, and today I'm joined by Erlen Baki, and he is a Norwegian serial entrepreneur, speaker, and number one international best-selling author, born in 1981 in London, UK. He currently owns the following three companies, Mr. Outsource, 360, and 360 Factory. He speaks on the topics of entrepreneurship with a focus on how to automate and outsource your business to avoid the trap of becoming a business prisoner. He spends most of his time between London, Oslo, and the Philippines, but speaks all over the world. How's it going today? Very good, thank you. How are you? Pretty, pretty nice. Uh, it's uh, nice to be here with someone who is, you know, thousands of miles away. So it's it's always cool when you get to talk to somebody and, you know, it's not like they're down the street. You get to meet someone from a different part of the world. And uh, I'm sure the weather is totally different where you are here. It's pretty cold outside. It's starting to get into winter. But uh, I, I'm excited to be inside in the warmth and hanging out with you for a little bit. So, well... Down the road here, like just behind here, is actually the London Eye. Oh. Uh, the big wheel of London. Very cool. So, uh, Very cool. I can't say I have anything cool looking down the street for me. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get into a little bit on, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, building a business that, you know, really lets you have that freedom in your life. And just kind of curious to hear a little bit about your background and what has gotten you to this point. So maybe share a little bit of your life story and, and how you wound up here. Okay, so uh, how did I wind up here? Well, actually, I was actually born in London. So it's kind of for me, it's kind of like getting home. Um, but uh, my entrepreneurial journey, which is probably uh, more relevant, uh, is um, it actually started off by getting fired. Uh, in London, and uh, I kind of had to figure out what to do. So I had to ask myself all those difficult questions, like uh, what do I really want to do, and um, what is the meaning of my life, uh, etc. And um, what I did was actually I called up friends and I asked them, uh, what do you think I should do? And I also um, spoke to some people that... Uh, had influenced me so far uh, in my life. And one of those guys was a entrepreneur, and he was always different than everybody else at dinner parties. He would always ask different questions. Um, he, would, he would usually ask why, like why do you want to do that? Oh, and he would keep on digging to really you know, understand. And um, he was just different. So uh, he was definitely an inspiration uh, for me. But basically... Um, a friend of mine had started a, a three, like a 360 photography company, so you could like turn things around online. And he got one really big contract, and uh, I took him out for lunch. I said, you know, you're very creative, um, you can build stuff. Uh, how about I come in and I do more of the operations side of things? 
a bit more of sales, and then we can build this company together. Uh, so I did that for about a year. Then I left and I started the similar, basically similar company in um, in Norway. I think my entrepreneurial journey kind of started before that, though, because uh, when I was fourteen, I went out and I just worked at the corner store down the road, uh, not because I I had to, just because I wanted to. Uh, I wanted my own money. I wanted my own freedom through money. Um, I was tired of my parents telling me that uh, you can't have that. I was like, why not? Well, you can't afford that. And I said, okay, well, well, then I'll go out and make some money. And then I, you can't tell me that anymore. And that was very liberating you know, at the time. I remember getting my first paycheck. And I was, I was making um, like uh, $8 an hour. No, $7 an hour. Um, and I was really stoked when it, it got increased to eight dollars an hour. <laughs> uh, so, so that's uh, that's really where it started. But I think for myself and for most people, uh, you know, we kind of grow up without entrepreneurial parents, um, and it's a very different world. You know, the school system doesn't sit you down and tell you uh, this is how the world is built up. Um, because the fact of the matter is that society favors um, the business owners, um, the people that create wealth in the world. Um, and there's very different rules and there's very different rules for people that own companies and employ people. And, um, you know, you can have companies in different countries and you can transfer money in between and you can invest money through your company. You can borrow your, you can lend money to the company and back to your, there's so many things that you can do when you own a company um, that you cannot do as an employee. I mean, my dad, um, he pays 55% in tax. And then after that, he pays 25% VAT on uh, everything he buys. So in, he's effectively paying, uh, you know, 75 to 80% tax uh, on, on everything he earns. And when you have your own business, um, you can decide how much you want to pay yourself and how much the government is going to take and how to, it gives you a, a much a greater sense of freedom. And um, basically in my, in my book, uh, Never Work Again, uh, you know, I've traveled all over the world and that's been a business expense. So immediately I've been saving you know, 55% uh, because it's a business expense. And what qualifies a business expense? Well, that's a good question. It's actually, um, as long as you can justify it, it's a business expense. So uh, one thing that I've started making are these bucket list videos. So I'll say, oh, where do I want to go? Well, maybe I want to go to uh, the South Pole. And I'll go to the South Pole and I'll make a video about going to the South Pole. Hence, it's... A a marketing expense, I can put all the costs on the company, wow. which makes it a 55% saving versus somebody that's employed that wants to do the same. So they have to make a lot more money to have the same amount of, uh, of freedom. Um, so, so that's, um, I'm not sure I answered your question, but that's, uh, that's kind of the round trip we went on. <laughs> no, that's, that's very interesting. So, you know, your business now affords you the ability to uh, write off a lot of your experiences as as a deduction for your taxes. So I guess 
the only thing that a lot of people would probably think of right now is, well, you have to have the money in the first place to front for that, right? Like you still have to be able to buy the plane ticket. You still have to be able to, to pay for everything. Um, you know, so a lot of that starts with creating a business, right? Absolutely. And uh, the fact is, you know, most businesses fail um, as much as nine out of 10 in the first five years. And it's actually only after about three, four, five years that businesses actually start seeing uh, profit. And uh, that's because business is very counterintuitive. Uh, in in life, um, and as humans, we're used to instant uh, gratification. Whilst in business, it's long-term gratification. You need to be in it for the long haul. Um, so a lot of the people that sit down and start a business, they're thinking short-term. They're going like, a lot of my coaching clients, they say, oh yeah, I'm going to replace my income in three months. Okay, well, that is possible. Uh, but it depends on the type of business that you're doing and your your contacts. I mean, if you're doing consulting and uh, you're working as a consultant for a company and you are, have a really good network and you go outside and you say, oh, I'm now an external consultant, yeah, I probably think you could um, replace your salary or probably double it uh, because now you don't have the cost of your employer, right? Uh, but there's a whole lot of, a lot of other risks uh, involved but um, uh, starting a company is really about the long-term game. So let's say you're 25 um, and it's most likely if you take care of yourself, you're probably going to live until 85, maybe 90. Um, and the fact of the matter is that you have a lot of years left to you know build whatever you want to build. And yes, things are changing. And yes, there's like, there's like uh, trends and waves coming that you might want to catch and like really surf that. Um, but I, I think one, one thing that's really important to, for everybody to understand is that there's two types of businesses. There's the lifestyle business, right? And then there's the performance business. And those are very, very different kind of companies. A lifestyle business is typically 12 people in an office, um, you know, turning over... Uh, like $300,000, $500,000 up to a couple of million. Um, and the business owner can live a good life. Uh, he can take out money. He can do stuff for his employees. Um, but then if you want to go to the performance level, uh, if, you take, if you want to take a lifestyle business to the performance level, that's a very uh, treacherous journey uh, where you have to make a lot of investments and you get a lot of uh, J-curves going on, like multiple of J-curves. J-curve is basically uh, when you decide to do something and you invest your money and it, you know, you're not really making money, but then it goes back up and you start seeing a return on that investment. Um, so I'm basically uh, a coach and a trainer for people that have a lifestyle business uh, or want a lifestyle business. Um, so is it possible to make things happen? Absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, perseverance, uh, is very important and, uh, to actually be able to stay, stay, stay in the game. Um, that's where personal development comes in. That's where, uh, exercise. So basically I, I, I call it the big four. Uh, you got, uh, sleep, you got to go to sleep. I didn't sleep enough last week. 
I typically get seven, eight hours a day. Uh, but last week was really busy for me. Um, so I was tired this week and I hate being tired, you know? Uh, so sleep, um, exercise. Okay. So you need to move and, uh, be active and then, uh, food. What are you eating? Right. So, uh, you know, are you, do you have like an 80, 90%, um, plant-based diet, right? So where do you, where do you get your energy from? Well, you get your energy from from sleeping, from exercise, and also from from food, right? So, so this is again uh, things that we're not really trained for in school. Like the school system doesn't teach you how to make money; it teaches you how to teaches you how to become an employee uh, and have a employee mindset, right? And uh, it's interesting how programmed we are because I'm, uh, I kind of teach people outsourcing, right? And in school, you get told to sit down, shut up, and do the work yourself. And if you decide to collaborate with somebody else, that's cheating. If you decide to model somebody else's work, that's cheating. So all the sort of things that are good in business, you're kind of trained out of doing in school. There's more sort of collaboration and group work now, but the problem with group work in school is that people want different things. You know, then you need to have a leader in a group. And uh, how do you choose the leader in a group where you know everybody? Some people want an A, some people don't care. So it do, it's kind of uh, the, the kind of role play of that uh, doesn't really work. Um, so. Uh, it's uh, it's really really important to understand that to make it as an entrepreneur, it is really about um, it is really about learning new things, getting a new type of skill set, you know, working out that you are in this for the long haul, uh, figuring out okay, if I save a thousand dollars a month in index funds and different investments. You know, then oh, I can be a millionaire in twenty years, like a multi-millionaire. Um, but again, um, most people don't think about these things. We think about what's for dinner. Oh, I want that candy bar. Um, so a really big book for me um, has been the compound effect. Okay. Um, I also write about the compound effect in my book. Um, but if you really want to get into that kind of thinking, uh, the compound effect. Uh, by Dan Hardy, I believe, is really good. Um, so th- the reason why that book is good is because every little action now matters. Uh, you know, a smoker goes, oh, I'm just going to have this cigarette. And then they, they have that cigarette and then they, you know, a few hours go by and they say, oh, I'm just going to have this cigarette. Right. That's just one cigarette. And then they don't see that, oh, if I have three cigarettes a day, that's, you know, a thousand cigarettes a year. That's 10,000 cigarettes in 10 years, etc. So uh, it's a very, very different way of thinking uh, as an entrepreneur than, than most people. And that's also why I encourage uh, people that want to start a business to actually get into shape, um, you know, kind of start reading books and kind of start preparing themselves uh, before they start a business because what I did was that I just jumped straight in and uh, I just started doing stuff. I don't really, 
you know, in retrospect, I wish there was like a, you know, a 12 month, six month training course where you could like every week you could train, 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 train. And then when you start to launch your business, then you, you know, physically ready, mentally, um, mentally and physically ready to, to go the course. Um, and also like ingraining these habits into uh, these, these, these positive habits into your life so that you can take on the, 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 the pain and the stress, um, that building a business from nothing takes. Like I started with, I had, um, I had $15,000, you know, that my dad gave me when I graduated, um, from school, he gave me that money and, uh, you know, um, uh, as a reward. And that's, that's the money I started with. Um, and I stay, I lived at home. I worked from home. I did what I could, you know? Right. Well, so a lot of this though has led to building a business where you use things like outsourcing automation, maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, the benefits of doing that. Cause a, a big mistake that a lot of first time entrepreneurs make is they do everything themselves. I know that I was much like you when I quit my job, I just jumped right in and I was everything from, you know, the website guy to the video, to the photo, you know, I was doing everything. Um, and now I'm definitely at a much better point, especially with, you know, the book that I just finished up. I outsource many things from the editing to the proofreading to the cover design and things like that. Um, you know, and that was, that was a pretty big lesson is learning not to do everything yourself. So maybe just share a little bit more about, you know, how you've created businesses where you don't actually have to be that person who does all of the work. Mm. Um, I, I, I should have told you the fourth habit actually, um, <laughs> It's actually training your brain. Um, so, like, watching podcasts like this, reading books, constantly like training yourself to to think a little bit differently. Um, okay, so outsourcing. Uh, I started outsourcing because I had a problem. Um, I managed to get this big contract, and the the sun was coming up, and I'd been working for like thirty hours plus. Uh, none of my arms really were working anymore. I was actually using my left arm because I was editing all the images myself. And I just came to a place where I just had to say, you know what, I cannot do this anymore. Um, and a friend of mine had started outsourcing to the Philippines. He said, why don't you try that out? And um, I understood the concept of other people's time. But I think what's really, really difficult is when you don't have the money to pay for people um, that's where I kind of tell people to be creative because the most important thing um, and one of the exercises that I do with with clients is that I imagine uh, I help them imagine that they're actually Richard Branson so have you ever flown uh, Virgin Atlantic or Virgin America you've flown Virgin okay yeah it's so, a very so, different experience so did he did he check you in at the airport no did he serve you meals no Right. So the first company that Richard Branson started was a student magazine. The guy is actually dyslexic, which means he actually could not write the text himself for the magazine. Right. So, but he's really good at basically three things. Uh, well, I would say two things actually, uh, but I'm going to mention three. So he's really good at uh, the vision. So most people want to be part of something. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And if you can be a person 
that projects that. So if you have a, a big idea, a big vision for what you will be creating with them, you are far more likely to attract great people to you. Okay. Um, so vision and people, that's really his two skill sets. Okay. So he has this ability to just do things, inspire people. And that way he attracts a players. And what you really want to have is like a lot of a player, a players in your dream team. And the funny thing is like, again, business is weird because it's, uh, the, the entrepreneurial journey is very strange because when you start out, it is kind of, imagine reverse Super Mario. So instead of starting at the easy level, you're starting at the most difficult level and then you kind of play, and the longer you play, the easier it gets, right? Which is kind of, again, it's, it's counterintuitive, it's unnatural. Uh, but business works that way. Um, so, so, so in, in terms of uh, people, right? So that's one of the things that makes business easier and easier the longer you play is because, like, if you have more horses to pull the load, you can pull a lot more load, which means you add more value, which means you'll make more money. And by the way, guys, if you want to make more money, you got to add more value. Okay, you got to add more value. And one way is having more people. Another way is creating a more efficient business that is able to add more value, like, uh, you know, using technology. Um, so, the third element, um, which I'm not 100% sure how good Richard Branson is with managing money. Supposedly, he only learned how to read a spreadsheet a few years ago. Uh, so the third element is money, uh, you know, understanding how to keep money in the business and, uh, and then invest it wisely. Um, but in terms of outsourcing, you know, there's a global talent pool out there um, that we have access to through the internet, as you said earlier, like, um, you're somewhere else than I am and this is really cool so you have access to talented programmers graphic designers and oftentimes um, you know if you go somewhere locally uh, people will be it's it's kind of like you know in the western world we're so comfortable and we have access to so many of life's pleasures um, I think Tony Robbins says something like you know if you go back 80 years like people didn't have you know, electricity and, and toilets and hot water and, you know, forget about TV, maybe they had a radio. I mean, and in today's world, like, we're living like kings, right? Which kind of makes us a little bit comfortable. Comfortable sometimes makes us lazy. Um, and if that guy makes X amount of money an hour, I want to make X amount of money an hour. The cool thing with working in outsourcing, and you know, I'm not really sure where you're outsourcing to, but these people are quite hungry, right? They're hungry for the work. They're hungry to learn and grow, and and uh, and sometimes please you as well. Hopefully, they're interested in that. Um, and that's the beauty of outsourcing is that you can connect with somebody on the other side of the world. You know, you can send them a Tony Robbins video or maybe this video, and say like, hey, you know, watch this. This is. This is really good, um, and you can be adding value like that. Um, I'm constantly sharing, uh, you know, educational, motivational stuff with my team, 
um, in the Philippines because I want them to 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 um, become better people and do better. Um, so so that's kind of the the value add uh, that you can do. So uh, people are willing to work for less money if they believe in your vision and you as a person. And also, like, if they work with cool people, that's another important factor. Very cool. And then was there, so was that part of, there? you said there were two key things, but there was a third that you were going to add in there. Is that the third one you wanted to add in there? Um, that was the money side, the money, uh, yeah. Cool. But with, with money, you can be creative, you know? Like, there's, there's students out there that are looking for work experience. Right. You know, some, maybe a student wants to become, like, a radio host, you know? Then you can get them to work for you for free on your podcast. Very true. So there's always a way to find someone, at least, you know, especially when you're getting started, you know, when you don't have the money or the resources to really get mm. going. Um, I know that for me, it was super helpful to have an intern when I first got my stuff off the ground. Um, and I also worked with people who, uh, you know, accepted a lower price at first of what they mm. would be paid, um, knowing that, you know, if they helped me build what I was trying to build, uh, that I could start to pay them more. Um, and, and so that's been really good too. And I know automation is also part of it for you as well, right? Mm, absolutely. So um, when it comes to automation, it's really depending on size of the company. Um, I think for most small businesses, an Excel spreadsheet and a virtual assistant goes a long way. You know, um, it's very easy to get stuck in this pursuit of automation and kind of forget that oh like what is the minimum viable thing that I need and then just like getting that working um, one of the things that I think about every single day um, is what is the sort of one big thing that I need to do today um, and actually spend time thinking about it um, there was a Harvard professor uh, called Bob Posen um, who used to be, I think he used to be the CEO of Fidelity, um, the uh, the bank, the insurance company. Is it a bank insurance company? Uh, yeah, the bank. Anyway, it's a big company. Uh, and I said to him, like, how, how, how did you do all this stuff in your life? And he said, well, every day I would sit down for 15 minutes in a chair and I would really think about what was important. And then step number two is I would do what was important and I would leave everything else. Hmm. And that is so easy to hear and so difficult to do. And I do not do it every single day, but I do try. Um, So with automation, it's like, okay, you need to really understand what is uh, needed to be automated. So when defining what you need to automate, um, you need to divide your company into project-based tasks and uh, daily habits. Um, So a project-based task is like launching your book would be a project-based task. Um, A habit is like uh, invoicing clients, doing the work for clients, uh, customer service, um, everything that's a daily weekly or monthly thing uh, for for you or your business is a habit. Uh, I would always, always start with, like, if you're going to have somebody employed in your company, in your business, then you need to have habits. Um, if not, you end up doing uh, a lot of the sort of 
that's when people sort of start delegating the projects to people and then they're not happy because the, pe- the person doesn't have the skill set to actually do it. Um, but if it's a habit, you can, it's actually worth you spending the time training that person because if, you, if somebody takes away you know, 25 hours of your week, but, like let's say you have lots of habits, um, then that's time you could do something else. Um, so I have people always ask me like, so what do you outsource? Uh, everything <laughs> except except the kind of things that I must do. Um, so what is the question? What is what is it that I must do? Um, well, I must go through uh, the numbers of the business. Um, I do some uh, some I, I check based on numbers. So basically, um, business is really all about like freedom in business is all about understanding numbers and, and what key metrics to to look at and uh, adjust. You know, Andrew Carnegie I retired at thirty five, went to Scotland, played golf every day, and he got uh, he got this like telegraph every day with the numbers of his empire, and he would look at the numbers and he would send them back, and then you know. His business would uh, would uh, thrive. Um, that's because he had uh, key people in place. Um, so, what else do I do? Um, I do the kind of things like this. I do mostly sales and marketing. Actually, if I'm doing anything in the business, I'm doing sales and marketing, and that's typically what the entrepreneur should be doing. Um, you know, even Warren Buffett, who's a nerd. And geeky, and uh, which means nerd, uh, and very introverted. You know, he's an incredibly introverted person, and he does a lot of sales and marketing, and he does it really well. You know, they have their um, their big uh, conference every year where everybody comes to see him talk about the future, um, and that's sales and marketing. That's basically sales and marketing, and he's on TV and he's funny. You know. Um, Bill Gates, he did a lot of sales and marketing. Steve Jobs did sales and marketing. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have to do some sort of sales and marketing. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you've got this book. Did it? Is it out yet in, in store and available? Yeah, yeah. It's been out um, like nearly two years now, I think. Cool. And remind everyone who's listening in what the name of the book is. Uh, the book is called uh, "Never Work Again." Um, it is my uh, my entrepreneurial story, and also uh, there's a lot about outsourcing and automation in here. Uh, but the whole philosophy behind the book is 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 really about freedom. Um, like once you attain freedom, so a lot of people that have like read the Four Hour Work Week that now have the Four Hour Work Week that they they notice that there's this massive void. Uh, and that's also what I felt uh, in the book. And I actually start off the book in um, in Malibu, uh, sitting at a fancy restaurant with like my my Porsche outside, you know, sort of living the uh, the dream life. But I was incredibly bored and quite lonely because people are doing stuff, man. They they're not hanging out in restaurants in the middle of the day, not doing nothing. People are active. They're doing stuff. Um, so it kind of made me realize that, oh, freedom's kind of boring. 
in the sort of traditional sense. But what does it really mean? Uh, what does freedom really mean? Uh, what are the sort of levels of freedom and what is it that we're really searching for when we say, uh, you know, we need freedom or want freedom or why do we not like having to go to work? Uh, why is it important for us to know that um, we can be free? No, that didn't come out right. Why is it important that we understand why we want to be free? You know? So, so that's kind of the things that the book starts off with and then it kind of goes into the sort of systems and, and more uh, traditional kind of uh, uh, business stuff. Very cool. Well, there's been a lot of great, you know, tips and, and advice in here from, you know, automation to outsourcing just to, you know, building a business that lets you do the things that you want to do. And uh, I'd love for everyone to be able to, you know, find out more information about you. What's the best website or place to go to uh, to learn more? You can go to uh, erlandbacke.com. That's E-R-L-E-N-D. Uh, B-A-K-K-E.com. Perfect. Well, Erlen, thanks so much for spending some time with me, and uh, it's been great speaking with you. Absolutely, man. Thank you. This episode of The Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today. The 5X life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster. The ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet, and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.